What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies The Way Back and Bombshell. But first, let's talk about the movie The Way Back. Here's a quick synopsis. Former high school basketball star Jack Cunningham returns to his alma mater to be the basketball coach while also dealing with his own personal trauma and demons. I really enjoyed this movie a lot and to talk about this movie at all I have to talk about the star of this film Ben Affleck. The up and down nature of his career has been crazy. He wins an Oscar at such a young age for winning Goodwill Hunting. Then he becomes a movie star. I mean the guy was Jack Ryan and then he becomes known as the guy who's in really bad films with his ex-girlfriend. I mean, it's just a crazy career. And then, oh, by the way, he redefines himself as one of the best directors alive. I mean, I stand by Gone Baby Gone and The Town as two of the best films of the past 20 years, and they were both directed by Ben Affleck. He is a really special, one-of-a-kind director. And then out of nowhere, the guy decides, after winning Best Picture for Argo, that he's going going to be the next Batman, and we've gone through that slog for the past decade of Batfleck. And then I saw him in Triple Frontier, and I think he really works well in that film. You're not asking him to be the lead of the movie, but he still can use his movie star charisma. Like, I think at his best, Ben Affleck is a really great supporting actor. I think sometimes when you ask him to be the lead of some really subpar films, he can't pull it off, but when he is in a really good quality film that he doesn't have to carry all by himself, he can use usually pull it off. I mean, just look at his performances in The Town and Gone Girl. Those are two films where he is the lead of the movie, but... He's not being asked to carry the entire film. You have Roseman Pike in Gone Girl, and then you have Jeremy Renner, John Hamm, and so many others in the town. Like, he's not asked to carry these films, but when he's asked to carry a film, it usually doesn't work out. And that's why The Way Back is really interesting, because he does carry this film, and for the most part, he pulls it off brilliantly. He's all over this film. There's no other big name. There's no other actor who's carrying it. This is the most Ben Affleck movie I've ever seen scene with him being the main star and he pulls it off. Now again the movie works because it's a quality story but he can be the lead of film. I for one like him better as a supporting actor in movies like Goodwill Hunting but he is a very charismatic lead and this proves that Ben Affleck even in 2020 can be the lead of a quality motion picture. If I were to rank his best leading performances in movies I'd go one The Town two Gone Girl and free this film. That's what I would go. Again, when you go to supporting performances, you would go like Goodwill Hunting, Armageddon. I really loved him in Shakespeare in Love. But for lead performances, the Ben Affleck ranking for me is The Town, Gone Girl, and The Way Back. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. The biggest difference between Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, it's not really that much that Matt Damon is that much better of an actor than Ben Affleck. Just look at the directors that Matt Damon has worked with. Spielberg, the Coen brothers, Steven Soderbergh, Ben Affleck has not worked with that caliber of director, and when he does, it usually turns out to be a really good film. Just look at Gone Girl with David Fincher. I think they are at the same level as an actor. I just think Matt Damon is more picky with which filmmakers he's going to work with. And if you're a fan of Ben Affleck like I am, you're going to be excited because there's going to be a lot more Ben Affleck on screen. His upcoming filmography includes the movie Deep Water, which he co-starred 
stars with Anna de Armas. He'll be in the movie The Last Duel, which will re-team him with Matt Damon. The two of them co-wrote this script. And, oh, by the way, he will be returning as Batman in the movie The Flash. And he will direct a movie about the making of Chinatown, that detective noir film that famously starred Jack Nicholson and was directed by Roman Polanski. So there's a lot of Ben Affleck work to look forward to. And I, for one, am rooting for the best for him because I'm just a super fan. He's one of my favorite actors of all time and I want to see him direct another film again because again I think he's one of the best filmmakers of the past 20 years big fan of Ben Affleck and you should be too. Now let's talk about the director of this film Gavin O'Connor who previously worked with Affleck in the movie The Accountant which is one of the stranger films I've ever seen which co-starred Anna Kendrick. That is a weird movie but when I think of Gavin O'Connor I think of the three sports films that he's made Miracle, Warrior, and and now the way back. Nobody makes sports movies like this guy. He makes them so realistic. He doesn't sugarcoat the issues of the characters. And he gets great performances from well-known movie stars. I mean, in Miracle, it's one of the best Kurt Russell performances you could ever get. Then Warrior, right when Tom Hardy was getting going, you get an amazing performance from Hardy and Joel Edgerton in that film. And then with the way back, you get a Ben Affleck performance that we haven't seen in so long where he gives a really great lead performance. So Gavin O'Connor makes sports movies like I've never seen. It doesn't matter if it's hockey, basketball, or pro fighting. This guy knows how to make a great sports movie. I would argue the only other guy who's made sports movies in this era better than Gavin O'Connor is Bennett Miller. I mean, he made Moneyball and Foxcatcher, and I see what kind of sports movies these guys are making. They are making sports movies about the actual people people and not the sports themselves. Moneyball is about the Brad Pitt character, Billy Bean. And equally, The Way Back is about Ben Affleck's character in this film. It's not about the sport of basketball. Miracle is about Kurt Russell's character. Warrior is about two brothers reuniting after having issues 20 years ago. I mean, his movies are not about the sports. It's about the characters themselves. And nobody makes sports movies like Gavin O'Connor. I mean, they're so good. I mean, that's a great triple feature, Warrior, Miracle, and now The Way Back. The way I would describe this movie is if the Dennis Hopper character in Hoosiers was the head coach of the basketball team. It's that kind of a movie. Like, that movie subtly deals with alcoholism, but this movie fully deals with it. Ben Affleck's character is a full-on alcoholic. It would be like if the Dennis Hopper character in Hoosiers was the main head coach and not the Gene Hackman character. This is all about that kind of guy, and that's what Ben Affleck is dealing with. There is so much personal backstory to the Ben Affleck character that is so traumatic. This is an entertaining movie, but it's not a feel-good movie. This is a rough watch at times. You're like, where is this going? But at the end, it's not the ending you'd expect, but I think it's the ending you deserve as an audience. Because if this guy had like fully turned it around by the end, you as the audience would say, this isn't realistic enough. And I think that's what I would say about this movie. It's probably one of the most realistic depictions of a guy going through personal trauma, dealing with alcoholism and dealing with tragedy. I also gotta say, I love the look of this film. Listen, this isn't the best film of 2020, but it's up there. It would make my top 10 because it's got Ben Affleck giving one of the best performances of his career and Gavin O'Connor making another notable sports movie and that's something that I'm here for in the year 2020. Listen, I didn't 
love their first collaboration, The Accountant, but I really did enjoy this film. I definitely recommend you check out The Way Back. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Bombshell. Here's a quick synopsis. Three women, Megan Kelly, Gretchen Carlson, and Kayla Pospisil, who work at Fox News, deal with rampant sexual harassment brought on by Fox News CEO Roger Ailes. Eventually, Carlson reaches a breaking point and files a lawsuit against him. I really enjoyed this movie. I was expecting not to like it because I had heard mixed reviews and I really didn't know the story at all. I know who Megyn Kelly is and I had my idea of what this was going to be, but I thought it was a lot better than what I expected from it. And that has to do with the free stars of this film. First off, Charlie Theron fully transforms into Megyn Kelly. Listen, I don't think she really does look that much like Megyn Kelly, but when you do the makeup and you transform like she does, it really does feel like she becomes Megyn Kelly, and it's such a good performance. She turns her into somebody you empathize with, and listen, I had my idea of who Megyn Kelly was. I thought of her as that person who was overpaid at NBC who got kicked off of the Olympics or whatever. Like, I didn't have that many idea of who Megyn Kelly really was as a person, and Theron's performance maybe sympathized with her as a person. And again, 2019 was such a good year for Theron. She was also in the movie Long Shot, which is an underrated comedy with her and Seth Rogen. And oh, by the way, she basically has like a second career as an action movie star in movies like Mad Max Fury Road, The Atomic Blonde, and now the movie The Old Guard on Netflix. Like Charlize Theron is the real deal. Probably the best actress working today. I think we can get to that point with saying no other person can be in dramas like Bombshell and Netflix action movies like The Old Guard. She's simply one of a kind. I think she's the new Angelina Jolie. Then you have Margot Robbie, who might have had a better 2019 than Theron. I mean, Margot Robbie starred in Birds of Prey, her own comic book franchise. Then she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then Bombshell, which she received her second Oscar nomination. And she's brilliant as this ambitious character whose dream it is is to be live on air on Fox News. I mean, I loved her in all three of those movies, particularly in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though she doesn't say a lot of words. That's a movie star performance right there. And she was, of course, brilliant in Birds of Prey. And of course, she deserved her second Oscar nomination for this film. She's fantastic in it. And for her upcoming projects, Robbie is set to return as Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad film directed by James Gunn, which is a sequel or prequel or whatever it is. And it was also announced she'll be in the next David O. Russell film along with Christian Bale. I cannot wait for that. Robbie is a full-fledged movie star. I mean, it was announced she's going to be the next star of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Margot Robbie and Charlie Theron are two of the best actresses working today because they can star in award-worthy films and get Oscar nominations while also being in big franchise tentpole movies and are equally brilliant at doing both. And then you have Nicole Kidman, who might not have gotten an Oscar nomination like Theron or Robbie for her performance in this movie, but she is great. I mean, I love Nicole Kidman as an actress. I think her best performance in a film ever is in To Die For. I mean, I absolutely love that movie. She's also great in movies like Rabbit Hole, Lion, The Beguiled, and Boy Erased. Simply put, Nicole Kidman is one of the best actresses of all time. But in this film, I do think she was given less to do than Theron and Robbie. Like, I think they had the better roles when it comes to, like, those award films. Like, Nicole Kidman was fine in 
this movie, but I don't think her character got as much time as those other ones did. Now I gotta talk about the two supporting performances in this movie that blew me away unexpectedly. First off, Mark Duplass has become one of the best supporting actors working today. He's brilliant in the morning show along with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, which he received an Emmy nomination, by the way. He's great in Tully, which also co-stars Charlie Theron, and he's equally great and brilliant in this underrated film that's on Netflix called Paddleton, along with Ray Romano. This guy is killing it when it comes to being a supporting actor in movies and TV shows. He is simply one of the best working today. Know the name Mark Duplass, because I don't think he's going anywhere. He's a better actor than he probably is a director at this point. And then you have Kate McKinnon, who also was in the movie yesterday in 2019, and she fit way better in the movie Bombshell than she did in Yesterday. She was really funny in Yesterday, but I thought she was great in Bombshell. She had amazing chemistry with Margot Robbie. I could have had 10 more scenes with the two of them together. This is the movie that makes me think that Kate McKinnon can be a movie star once she's done with SNL. No other movie she's been in, Rough Night or Yesterday, has convinced me of that, but Bombshell has me convinced that Kate McKinnon has movie star potential, especially with scenes with Margot Robbie. I want to see a movie with the two of them co-starring. I also just love McKinnon's character in the movie. She's the one that seems to know the business of Fox News. She's secretly a Democrat, but won't tell them that because she wants to keep her job. She knows that she has to act a certain way to work at Fox News, and that's disheartening, but it's also probably the most realistic thing I thought about this movie was that's probably the most truthful thing about it, that these people probably have to act a certain way to be able to work at Fox News. They don't all share the same viewpoints, but they know the way that they have to act in order to work there. Let's talk about the director of this film. One of my favorites, Jay Roach. I mean, this guy directed Meet the Parents, which is one of my absolute favorite movies. Great Ben Stiller, Robert De Niro movie. Then he directs the Austin Powers franchise, which at this point feels a little underrated. Those films are hilarious. Then he directed The Campaign, which is probably the most underrated of Will Ferrell movies. Great Brian Cox performance. Zach Galifianakis is great in that movie, and so is Jason Sudeikis and Dylan McDermott. I mean, that movie really holds up. The campaign is so underrated. People talk about Elf and they talk about those other Will Ferrell movies. No, I stick to the campaign. That was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And Roach directing Bombshell is continuing this pattern of these great comedic directors shifting their approach and directing dramatic movies. I mean, Adam McKay directed The Big Short and Vice. Todd Phillips, the guy who directed Old School, directed The Joker. A lot of people are making that transition from directing comedies to directing dramas. That might just be because of the time that we're living in, but I also think it's about the ages of these directors. They're all like in their 50s, like Todd Phillips, Adam McKay, and Jay Roach. They've all made a ton of comedy. I think they just want to make a different type of a movie, which, by the way, I respect so much because it would be so easy for Jay Roach to just cash in on being a comedy director that I appreciate the fact that he's making this drama that has a little mix of comedy. You can still see his type of movie is Bombshell. Like, it works. Bombshell is a really good movie. The Big Short and Vice are really good movies. Joker is a really good movie. Todd Phillips, Adam McKay, and yes, Jay Roach have 
all made that transition really well because they've all made really good movies that interestingly enough happen to star some of the biggest movie stars in the world. I mean, for Bombshell, Jay Roach has Charlie Theron, Nicole Kidman, and Margot Robbie, three of the biggest actresses in the world. For The Big Short, Adam McKay had Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Brad Pitt, and Ryan Gosling. And for Vice, he had Christian Bale, Amy Adams, and Steve Carell again. And for The Joker, oh, by the way, Todd Phillips had Joaquin Phoenix. It's interesting that these comedic directors are getting these big dramatic actors to be in their movies, and for the most part, they are being super successful. These three guys, Jay Roach, Adam McKay, and Todd Phillips, should no longer just be considered great comedic directors. They should now be considered just great directors in general. Let's talk about the writer of Bombshell, Charles Randolph, who also co-wrote the film The Big Short along with Adam McKay. I think this guy has a specific style. There's a lot that's similar to The Big Short with Bombshell, but I think the biggest difference was with The Big Short, yes, all those people were based on real people, but you really didn't know who they were. I mean, The Bombshell is about people you know a lot about or seemingly the public knows a lot about. We know about Megyn Kelly. We know about Roger Ailes. We know about Gretchen Carlson, but he was able to use that similar tone and comedic style to tell a dramatic story about these people. But if you have a preconceived notion of who Megyn Kelly is as a person, if you have a preconceived notion of who Roger Ailes is as a person or who Gretchen Carlson is as a person, are you going to buy this movie? And that's why I think The Big Short was a better commercial success than Bombshell. Maybe some people just weren't buying in to what Charles Randolph and Jay Rose were selling about these people as humans. It's easier to make a movie about people like The Big Short where we don't have an opinion about them, but when you make a political movie about famous people, there are preconceived notions that are going to affect the way you view that movie. It's why Vice didn't really make a ton of money either because we all have our opinions on Dick Cheney. So it's interesting that a movie like The Big Short was more financially successful than Bombshell or Vice. I mean, you have to be real about the fact that there are people in this country that really enjoy Fox News and this movie does not paint those people a great picture of what that place is really like. I mean, Roger Ailes, who's played by John Lithgow, who's a great actor, is depicted as a monster in this movie, which, by the way, he probably is. I mean, this idea that this guy thinks that because he turns these women into stars, he can treat them terribly is horrendous. It's this idea that he thought he was being noble by turning them into stars, but wasn't thinking about how he was treating them as human beings. It's this idea of like, ooh, I'm Willy Wonka and I'll give you the golden ticket. It doesn't matter how I treat you as a human being. And I thought one of the saddest scenes in the movie was when Megan Kelly, played by Theron, was with her husband, played by Mark Duplass, and she's actually defending him because that's what the culture is. She thinks this person has done a lot for her by giving her fame and fortune that she can overlook how terrible of an awful human being this guy really is. Eventually, she speaks out against him, but this idea that she might have overlooked that, it's not something against her. It's this idea of where we are as a culture that we think because somebody can give us something we really want, like fame and fortune, that we can overlook how awful of a human being they are, and we can actually think of them as a decent person, and the Mark Duplass character is like, that's not the point. The point isn't that he gave you fame and fortune, it's that he's a terrible human being, and you need this to stop. I mean, there are points in this movie where Megyn Kelly's like, this is still going on, how can this still be going on? 
He's this old guy in a wheelchair. I mean, this idea that she thought it would stop. He's just a powerful monster who's not going to stop unless you stop him. And I think she comes to that realization. The last thing I'll say about the movie Bombshell is you hope the culture of Fox News has changed since Roger Ailes was fired. This is not a perfect movie, but I feel like it's a porn one for people to watch. I definitely recommend you check out Bombshell. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week, I put the spotlight on the movies The Way Back and Bombshell. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on actor Brad Pitt and the movie Queen and Slim, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner-Smith. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.